listening this morning, I have to uh, give a bit of a confession. I love Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie the Pooh stories. And over the last few days, I have read one to my grandson over and over and over again. And I like all the characters in the stories. And of course, my favourite may not be much of a surprise to you. It is, of course, Tigger. I wonder why. Winnie the Pooh is one of the most loved children characters of all times. Of course, Pooh is the bear that belongs to Christopher Robin. At the end of one of Winnie the Pooh stories, we learn sadly that Christopher Robin is going to go away to school. Here's how the story goes. Now there comes a time in everybody's life when toys and games are replaced by pencils or books. You see, Christopher Robin was going away to school. Nobody in the forest knew exactly where or why he was going. All they knew was it had something to do with twice times and ABCs and little place called Brazilis. Who? What do you like to invest in the world? What I like to invest is me going to visit you and saying, how about the smackle of honey? I like to do that too. But what I like to invest is nothing. How do you do nothing? Well, it's when grown-ups ask, what are you going to do? And you say, nothing. And then go about and do it. I like that. Let's do that all the time. You know something, Pooh? I'm not going to just do nothing. You mean every game? Well, not so much. Well, the Sabbath was the day when the Jewish people did nothing. The word comes from the root meaning to cease to end, to stop, to rest. I remember when my daughter was born and Joe was in hospital, there was a Jewish woman in the bed next to her. As it was Saturday, she was unable to press the bell to call the nurse. She could basically do nothing. Well, I think we all know about the Sabbath and the restrictions and place on Jewish people. What else is going on in the story this morning? Well, firstly, let's look at the old lady. You'd expect everybody would know her. In villages, life, everybody's life was on public display. And they would have known all about her, but how long she had suffered. Luke says that she had a spirit that had crippled her. Which probably means that nobody could explain medically what was wrong with her and why she was bent over. In some commentaries, it is thought that her disabilities had a psychological cause. And I have no doubt that others in the village would have thought the same, but they probably would have called it something else. There are others that suggest that it may have been the result of verbal or physical abuse that took place when she was younger. And the results of the abuse had left her twisted 
emotionally and that had manifested in the body. This happens today. Sometimes the medical world just can't give us an explanation why some things happen. So here we have Jesus teaching in the synagogue, which in this case would have been more like the local parish. But even there, you get this sense of a power struggle between the presider in charge of the meeting into this tension, the woman enters. And I suspect all eyes could have been on Jesus. It was a movie that would show people whispering in the room. They'd be like, what's he going to do? What will he say? It's a very awkward moment in the terms, in the terms of protocol. But Jesus doesn't like a word, a touch, and all is healed. The Messiah has been upstaged. So there's no choice. He has to try and save some place. So he tries to rebuke Jesus. Imagine for a moment being sat in the synagogue when all this unfolds. You know both the presider of the synagogue and you also know the woman. Where are your feelings? Are you rejoicing with the woman? Or are you sad or embarrassed for the Messiah? But at the same time, you've heard about Jesus. You've heard rumors about him and what he's been doing. So when he turns up to your synagogue, there would have been an air of excitement and expectation. But you have also heard that Jesus has been critical of Israel as a whole. And like we heard last week, his warning, warnings of what lay ahead. And now he says, you hypocrites. Jesus calls them out. They are more than happy to do the things that they need to do. They call Jesus out for doing something far more appropriate. Jesus has this great play of words here. He says that it's okay for you to untie your animals, but it is not okay, it's not okay for me to untie this woman from the things that have bound her for 18 years. I want you to notice in verse 16, Jesus says something very important about the woman. First, he calls her a daughter of Abraham. And then he says, Satan has bound her for 18 long years. The Satan that has had Israel as a whole in history. The one that Jesus just shown. He just shown that he has won an initial victory. Jesus is doing care for the woman what he has longed to do for all the people of Israel. And then the accuser has he had Israel in his power these many years. And Jesus' message to the kingdom of God is the one thing that can set them free. But Israel is so tied up with its bondage and its rigid rules, including those on the Sabbath, it is preventing Jesus' message from breaking through. 
you get a you get a feeling that from Jesus there is still hope, hope that Israel bent over and unable to stand up to what they're supposed to be, to stand up straight. Maybe this time, maybe just maybe they'll change. Maybe. Well, as we heard last week, some did, some did change, and Jesus' kingdom missed. It did find a home. People did stand up and take the message to the world. It leads me to think, where are we? Are there things that have bound you up? Not, whilst not physically bent over, but maybe spiritual. For many, there is always the thought they are unworthy. Or perhaps you still feel, in some bizarre reason, don't deserve to be loved by God. Well, this story this morning should encourage you. I want you to know the interaction between Jesus and the woman. But there was no great moment in the discussion. There was no sense of confession, no great absolution. I want you to know the simplicity of the moment. How Jesus simply accepted her and he also it's not complicated. There's no complexity there. We should take heart. This is how Jesus works. This is how God works. Romans 5, verse 8, one of the great passages. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Like this unnamed woman, Christ healed her while she was still a sinner. So I want to really encourage you this morning in this reading from Word, we should realize that the things that bind us up, the things that we think God, Jesus, Holy Spirit would be embarrassed if they knew about us, are not that important. Why? Well, basically because. They already know. And they don't care. It's not going to separate you. They can't drive which between you and God. So don't let them bind you up. Don't let them trouble you to Jesus' love. And he's calling to you to be kingdom people. Perhaps there is something in the Sabbath. Doing of nothing. After all, when you think about it, there is actually nothing we could do to save ourselves. That was done by Jesus. And therefore, there is nothing that can remove us from God's love. I want to end this morning with a paraphrase from one of the great philosophers. Nothing does lead to something, says Boot. So go, go enjoy your Sabbath and do nothing.